live on SEN Top End, 16.11am. Welcome to Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark and Raf Clark and Rob Hale for Rain and Horn Darling, finding a place to write your next chapter. SEN Fridays in the Top End live from Brinken where we have called Fridays in the Top End home for the last couple of Fridays. We are really well looked after here. Big, big show today because we have the return of the great man, Raf Clark, who is back from his USA trip. Raphael, welcome back. How you going, y'all? Oh, sorry. <laughs> get rid of that accent, but yeah, great to be back, boys. Uh, yeah, a bit of a surprise in, the, in seeing the results in the NTFL, so... Mate, we've yeah, had a great start. To, yeah, yeah the, the Buffaloes are sitting on top, which, um, oh, well, you know... I mean, I just just in general, I was yeah. saying, and we, we try to keep it unbiased here, yeah, right? the, but, the NT, yeah, well, the NTFL, yeah. um, it's, it's good to see um, the competition uh, pretty even, um, exactly. you know, instead of a couple of blowout teams and two teams maybe sitting on four and zip and, and whatnot, so... Yeah, it's awesome to come back and see the competitions in great shape again. Another team in great shape is the Banks Football Club, and we have the coach sitting across us, the guru, Rob Hale. Uh, three and zero, mate. A couple of fly-ins already sort of ruffling a few feathers while you reserves clubs are flying in players. But, um, yeah, yeah not, not a bad start to the nah, Bulldogs. Decent start, eh, mate? Um, you know, I thought Nightcliffe last week was going to be a pretty challenging one, so we had to bring in some fly-ins. And, yeah, we've got buffs this week, and then we've got a pretty challenging three weeks ahead. So looking forward to it, eh, mate? So your Buffaloes are sitting on top of the ladder and looking good? They are, but big game for us tomorrow and one that we'll talk about later on, uh, the mm. game against the Tiwi Bombers. Just off the top of your heads, that shapes as a pretty entertaining contest, doesn't it? Yeah, it should be. Should um, be. Wouldn't be tipping Tiwi, though, against nah. the informed Buffaloes and got a couple of good fly-ins this I week, I've heard. Love hearing your confidence, uh, <laughs> Rob, so I'll... Um, Maybe you can address what the boys tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, we're ready to go. Um, we're ready to go, but so are we no doubt. Big round last week of NTFL football. Obviously, a big round coming up. Had a couple of boys re-sign at the Gold Coast Suns during the week. We had a couple of ex-AFL signings to the NTFL, so we'll discuss all of that stuff. Mm. Um, off the top, Raf, how are your St. Mary's team going? So it must be a tricky sort of spot you're on holiday for the first couple of weeks, which was planned for about 12 months in advance, so nothing you could do about that. But coaching St. Mary's again, was it a vulnerable feeling being over the other side of the world while your football team's playing? Yeah, definitely, mate. And, um, I think the, the only confidence that I had from it is me, my first cousin, Alan May. He's, yep. you know, he's coached the two boys, uh, well, the St. Mary's third team, whatever you want to call them, um, as we're in Div 1 this year. But he's t- coached them to a premiership um, before. Um, so there was... Plenty of confidence in me leaving because he'd been with me from day one last year and, and also been by my side right through the preseason. So, yeah, they, they won the first one, um, you know, quite comfortably. Um, and bloody, yeah, they've only lost the last two for, from about a kick and a bit. So, and we, we played a lot of under 18 boys because they had a couple of buys. Yeah. And so we've been topped up by a younger, younger crew. So, you know, I'm pretty confident in the group. We get a, we get a good side back in this week. Um, I've, I've managed to be able to select myself. Um, um, yeah, so just a side up, just, yeah, just, just slip myself in there into the forward pocket. So, and I get Jack Long back, who's everyone knows from the territory footy. He's mm. a bit of a champ, and Jaden McGraw also exactly. um, come back and decide. So, yeah, there's a couple of handy ins for mm. us this weekend, and hopefully um, that helps us get a win against Pints. Well, Raph, you're gonna need to stock up because. Tracy Village looks strong, uh, much publicised about the recruits that they're bringing in. Jabiru obviously looks strong, and there's a sneaky little rumour about someone that might play for the Bombers at some point this year. But 
obviously you guys are the, not so much the reigning premiers because you've stepped up a division. Are you interested? Have you heard much feedback about whether it's been a step up in standard, whether it's been like a dramatic increase going from the Division 2 to the Division 1? Because I looked at the Division 1 teams and it looks like it's going to be a fairly competitive comp, like no absolute easy beats or anything like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, probably the conversation I haven't had with the boys yet. Um, I, I just more so making sure we had the numbers um, on the track last mm. night and, and making sure I've got at least 25 plus to pick from. And then um, some more good news. Um, both the San Bono brothers uh, mm. are, might be joining us. So it's not um, good news for us. Yeah, Raph. you're losing one of your star <laughs> champions, Adam. So um, he's keen to have a, have a kick with his brother with us this year mm. as well as some of the other daily boys, Matthias Liddy and whatnot. So um, Dylan Fuller also was another a good uh, pickup for us. Um, you know, quite lucky that he he's got a young fella that he looks after as a carer, um, Desmond. Young Desmond um, came and joined us, and Dylan was coming down to just um, watch him. And, and we said, mate, why did you bring your boots and have a kick? We don't mm. mind who you play for. Um, you know, you can have a kick with us so you can stay fit. And yeah, he managed to enjoy the training with us, and we, we've, we've scored him as well. So there you go. Yeah, we've picked up some handy recruits as, as well along the way. So. Yeah, you're saying it's going to be, you know, the other team's looking quite well. And, um, yeah, Jabiru mm. got to come out with a few more surprises, I think. But, mm. yeah, just seeing the um, the post you put up while I was overseas about the Tracy Village boys. And I think that was the week before we played them. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was a bit worried about we were going to get, uh, you know, a hiding um, that we hadn't had for a fo- uh, quite some time. We we went undefeated last year. So, uh, to the to the boys' credit, Alan Alan May said that um, you know the boys only lost the game probably in the last five to ten minutes, where you know just a couple of younger boys and younger bodies weren't up to it. So mm. yeah, so that's um, something we won't have to deal with too much. But yeah, I love having the under eighteen boys come up and play with us, and it sort of fast tracks their footy as well, mate, and gets them ready for senior footy. So um, exactly no, right. I think I think we're going to be thereabouts with um, Tracy Village and Jabberoo, not to not to get too far ahead of ourselves but I'm liking the crew we're putting together nah very good um, Robbie Cosby Pickett was at training last night at the Buffalo's training that's a uh, good little boost for us how'd he look they look good he look good. Um, yeah I think he was taking it easy like <clears throat> when we sort of split up and did you know like get the bibs out and that sort of stuff he was always the bloke that put his hand up to get in the bibs and just sort of cruise around as a defensive player out there but you know, yeah, well, with those AFL players, they just sort of show glimpses, don't they? Like, they might have a little turnover speed when we're doing a competitive drill or, a, like, a 55-metre drilling pass off a step and you're just like, oh, yeah, I can I can see why you are so credentialed. Yeah, well, yeah, when when I was when we were at Saints train, when Bont and Pelly rocked up and yeah. blokes were kicking it at his feet and it, it, was, it did not fumble one bit. And then, obviously, we seen last night as well, uh, Southern Districts had all those boys... Um, all them boys, the Farrah boys, McAdam, they're all boys from the same grandmother. It's all first cousins. And they're training at districts, are they? Yeah, they're all training at I districts didn't see last any of that. night. Yeah, oh. Ash Johnson and that. So yep. I think Southern Districts are trying to keep that relationship nice and good and sweet well, because it's, it's they're paid all off for a over the last decade with the Farrah boys. Yeah, well, it seems like that way. They're looking after them boys and um, they hope when their careers are done, they all come back and play there. And Joel Jeffrey was there as well training. Oh, yeah. It's eh? an interesting one. It is an interesting one. Um, mm. Let's talk a little bit about NTFL. We won't start the preview just yet, but there were some big individual performers in round four. We're not going to do our SEN top N10 this weekend. That's a fortnightly thing. But which players in the NTFL impressed you last weekend? Who, in your opinion, was the player of the round? So if if we're looking at names, we've got 
Matt Dennis, who finished with 27 touches, 28 hit-outs, and a competition-high 13 clearances, and a huge win over Pint. 37 years old, that bloke, and still at the peak of his powers. Jed Anderson and Ballarat Gun, Matt Johnston, both had 30 disposals each. Brody Philo had 36 disposals and two goals against Tiwi Bombers, while fellow Tigers midfielder Cam Wilde had 33 touches. You had the Brisbane boys on Friday night with Reese Matheson and Mitch Robinson combining for 74 touches. And then Dylan Lant just doing his thing with 33 touches and a couple of goals against Wanderers. And Jackson East, 36 touches in a losing team. So they were the big stat getters, the big numbers. What, what What's your thoughts? Who was the best out of that lot? It's funny you say that. So, um, Dill Lant didn't even get in the best players. So we're going back yeah, to there's a few that I've named that haven't got in the best. Did Philo uh, get in? I don't think so. Philo wasn't in the best Matheson players. Matt Dennis wasn't in the best players. Matheson wasn't in the best players. Matt Dennis wasn't in the best players. My goodness. It's very interesting. <laughs> um, another one you didn't mention, Jacko Calder. So, I think oh, yeah. um, that he was... He, started, yeah. he got best on, kick seven. Yeah. Um, I ex- sort of just looked at the disposal numbers, but... Yeah. Well, what did we I predict last forwards. week for champ? I think six to eight, we said. Yeah. Um, and it happened in the middle. Jeez. So, I was yeah, Sorry, boys. I couldn't tune in last week just to listen because I'm a bit out of whack with the days and time frame. <laughs> but, no. um, yeah, look, I'm going Dennis as the player of the round for me. Yeah, I'm going to... Just a Ruckman getting 27 touches, 13 clearances. Uh, Jed Anderson for me. I thought Jed yeah. Anderson was really good, returned to form. When you said last week that he could probably make a sneaky top end 10 appearance, I was like, on the current numbers, he probably is a little no. bit off. But on the weekend was really solid numbers. And I think he went head to head with Stephen a bit and yep. beat him from all, all accounts. Yeah, I mean, Pint obviously still happy with Stephen Motlop's performance if you judge the best players each week. Um, statistically, he hasn't seemed to have played as well as last year at Wanderers, but playing a different role, I suppose, at Pine. I still think he's an extremely dangerous player, but the Green Ants obviously happy with Stephen Motlop's form still. Yeah, we both flagged last week that we thought Southern Districts were a good chance, and obviously we tipped them and they were mm. outsiders and went out and won by 100 and 109 points, which is pretty crazy, in yeah. my opinion. I'm not sure if we're doing a good, bad, ugly today, but there's a few nominations for ugly from out of that game, I reckon. Yeah. From, from the Green Ants' performance, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, definitely. But um, more to discuss after. I have a only a short duration this morning. I am getting slimed, Robert. I am. That's literally what it sounds like bunch of slimes getting thrown over me at school so we'll see how that goes a little bit later social on media, I thought. Yeah, oh no that happens every other night um, but and we also are hoping to talk to southern district's coach shannon rusker which will be a good chat rob to hear his insights the man who's in control that may be the informed team of the ntfl at the moment so see how all that unfolds stay with us here in brinken for sen fridays in the top end live on sen top end 16 11 a.m this is Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark, Raf Clark and Rob Hale for Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. Live on SEN Top End, 16.11am. This is Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark, Raf Clark and Rob Hale for Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. SEN Fridays in the top end with Raf and Robbie and myself, Jacko, in the Brinken studio this morning. Plenty of interesting results last weekend in the NTFL round four. The round kicked off with the Darwin Buffaloes 15-13-103, defeating Palmerston 11-5-71 at Kazaley's out in Palmerston. A very late start, that one, the 8pm start. Um, 
few little complaints during the week in the lead up to that one, but 8 p.m. start, got it done. 32 points in favour of the Buffaloes. Did that result, I'm assuming it didn't surprise you, Rob, but what was the take on that one? Didn't surprise me, but the first half I did. They were very that competitive, buffs, weren't they, Magpies? Yeah, or was I, it more, sorry, was it more nah, negative to buffs? I, I was, yeah, negative bad, towards yeah. buffs, yeah, yeah as you sounds expect. about right, yeah. Um, I thought, yeah, they were buffs defensive pressure wasn't up early, and then um, they definitely turned it on in the end. And, the um, skipper gave us a spray. Yeah, well, uh, that's how I've seen it, watching it from home. But the, uh, your comment about the lateness of the game, I agree. I, I went to bed at three-quarter time, <laughs> so <laughs> I was mm. stuffed. But no, yeah. I d- so yeah, I don't have a whole lot to add. But I definitely, I definitely puts Buffs in a top three perspective if Matho can qualify and Robbo. Um, you got some really handy fly-ins. So I think Cameron Stokes will have his hands full mm. picking those three fly-ins because they're all highly credentialed, aren't they? Yeah, well, they've had... A good start to their bus career. Obviously, Robbo's a bit more familiar than Matheson, but 38 possessions, Reese Matheson, 17 ground ball gets, 11 clearances. Uh, Mitch Robinson, 36 possessions, two goals. I thought Robinson was best on ground. Yep. Mick Yaron was judged best by Cammy Stokes, I believe, might have been the person who chose that medal. But um, he was very good too in his first game in Buffalo's colours, as was Blake Coleman. But the top three for mine were probably... Robinson, Matheson and Stokes or maybe if you can switch up the order a little bit but I thought those three in the engine room were very good Jared Stokes had 26 possessions and two goals Asana Matt Watkins, five goal four up forward, he's somewhat of a surprise packet, he's kicked 40 goals in the Central Murray League flying in this year and has had something like 17, 18 19 scoring shots in his two games already so if he could just straighten up the radar a little bit more he'd have some big bags under his belt already, the big Haas Yeah, if you're going to talk about players of the round for being most effective he had 12 touches kick 5-4 and 2 score assists doesn't get more doesn't really get much more effective than that does it so, that's what you want from your forwards yeah he could have he could have kicked 7 obviously kicking 5-4 you're going to miss a couple but mm. could have went 7-2 but um, that 1-2 punch of Matheson and Robinson's always going to hold bus in good stead against any team isn't it any yeah. midfield group and it compliments and Stokes, Stokes. Obviously. yeah it compliments yeah. Stokes a bit as well you got those inside balls um, Robbo's a bit inside and outside, and then mm. Jared's are very good at both, at both as well, but he can go on the outside. But it was busted what they needed to do. I think last week I tipped them to win by 40, and they won by 32, so not too far off there. So That's good to That's see good. Um, Timmy Eldridge back out there too, um, you know, after the few scares he's had. Um, mm. how's, how's he going? He's yeah. going all right. He yeah, had well. a rolled ankle yep. earlier in the preseason, so that was his first game back. He's a fiery little man, Raph, oh, yeah, uh, Timmy Eldridge. <laughs> and him and Willsey, Philip Wills from Palmerston, were going at it for the majority of the game. Ah, nice. So, um, yeah, there's no... Uh, he loves it, Timmy Eldridge. He wears that's his it. heart on his sleeve, the and, young man. And another one I, I see on there that's back as well as Kelvin Williams. So, you know, yeah. he's he's a... He's got the talent to be whatever he wants that Polo. And, you know, when I played a few games with him in the basketball, there's dingoes the last few seasons and just to see him the way he moves. And good mm. to see him back on the footy field because I remember his first few early seasons, he played a couple of games for St. Mary's when I first got back to Darwin. And yeah. man, I'd, I'd wish he was one of those blokes that stayed and, you know, really committed because he, uh, he's got talent to burn. So good to see Calvin back out there as well. Yeah, well, he was a talented kid. He obviously, not obviously, but he had a draft camp invite about yeah. 10 years ago. And um, just his bread and butter is his spoiling. And you look at that five spoils, six one percenters, really adds a lot to that Buffalo's defence. And he'll play mm. again this weekend nice. against the Tiwi Bombers. So commiserations to 
Palmerston, they had a good effort on the weekend, I think. Ashton Ham, 27 disposals. Young had 20. Philip Wills really led from the front, 19 touches. Lucas Edmonds, probably their best player, uh, 16 disposals and four goals. So a pretty good performance from Palmerston Magpies, who lost Jonty Patrick, their vice-captain, really early in the contest. But Buffaloes were challenged. Um, the skipper really put it on us at half-time and, and got the job done in the end. So Stokes obviously played a big role in that with his 26 touches, two goals. Some of the other players we haven't mentioned yet were the Euroa boys from the Golden Valley Football League, which is a really strong competition. Lockie Hill had 17 disposals and played a good game. And Nathan Stewart, who was thrown into the ruck, and he's just an undersized ruckman, probably only about the 188, 190 centimetres, but 13 disposals, 17 hitouts, um, are pretty good numbers, like seven hitouts to advantage when you compare the other ruckman had more hitouts, um, but, but less to advantage. So Stewart would be a good backup option and we'll have to do a lot of the rucking this week with Chris Atkinson out due to injury. So, um, yeah, good good versatility there, I think, in the Buffaloes' side and, and they'd be happy. We'd be happy, of course, with the 3-0 and zero start. So, um, I had a yeah. bit of a tear in my eye when I realised Nicky Yaron was going back to the <laughs> Buffaloes. So, so. Yeah, he looks good in double blue, mate. Yeah, he's, you know, gone back to keep the family, get all the family back on board and happy and, you know, um, yep. yeah, all the best to Nicky Yaron. Plenty more to come <laughs> here on SEN Fridays in the Top End. Live on SEN Top End, 16.11am. This is Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark, Raph Clark and Rob Hale for Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. Live on SEN Top End, 16.11am. This is Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark, Raph Clark and Rob Hale for Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. SEN Fridays in the top end, joined by Robbie the Guru, Hale and Raf Clark. I am Jacko. Some pretty relevant territory re-signings in the AFL during the week. Key forward Nathan Kruger signed a one-year contract extension to stay at Collingwood. Nathan's father, Jamie, was a big tough man for Darwin Buffaloes during the 90s. And the Gold Coast Suns have announced a couple of re-signings. So teenager Lloyd Johnston gets another one-year deal at the Suns, while... Territory junior Sandy Brock will remain there for another year and the VFL captain and former Nycliffe and Southern Districts player James Cheetahs will extend their years. Ex-midfielder from uh, Sydney and Melbourne, sorry, North Melbourne, so he's a star at lower levels, Ryan Clark has committed to Waratah for this season. He's the type of player that can really make an impact. So... 40 possessions, 30 possessions were a regular occurrence when he was playing in the VFL. And then often when he played at AFL level, it was as a tagger. But played the 97 games and always did his role, had a solid career. That's a big signing during the week for the Warriors, isn't it? Yeah, it definitely is. Um, and one factor also is that there's been massive issues before um, Waratah's dealing with, with dealing with Dillant. So if mm. there's one bloke that can run with Dillant, it's him. Exactly right. That's a very good pickup there. Astute pickup there, the Guru. Stay with us. SEN Fridays in the top end. Live on SEN Top End, 16.11am. Welcome to Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark and Raf Clark and Rob Hale for Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. SEN Fridays in the Top End. Guru Robbie Hale and Raf Clark is joined by myself, Jacko. We are in Brinken recording. Look, the big game last weekend in the NTFL, in my opinion, was Southern Districts defeating Pint, 20 goal, 17, 137, to the Green Answers 4-4-28 at TAO Stadium last weekend. Very hot conditions, and boy, the Crocs were hot, weren't they, uh, Robbie? Arguably the informed team in the competition at the moment. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, or definitely from the round, that was a massive mm. win. And um, speaking to Shannon Rusker and a few of the district's boys, they did say they would be happy to be 2-2 two and two by mm. round four because they had a fair few players that still hadn't made their way up and they were sort of going into their reserve sort of um, stocks. And not the easiest draw. And not an easy draw. So we, we tipped them, but we didn't like, we wouldn't have um, massive confidence in tipping them considering Pints' form the week before. Uh, is there, there's alarm bells for Pints, though. Yeah. How strong are those alarm bells ringing, Rob? Strong enough that I'm not tipping them this week. And I, and but that's in, against St. Mary's. Like, is it on their home ground? Does it make you think... Because there's going be to be a battle for that fifth, sixth position, um, Rob. Like, Districts, Waratah and St. Mary's look pretty stable. And then you've got, obviously, Buffaloes have started the season very, very well, 3-0, and zero, and then hopefully going 4-0 and zero this weekend. Nycliffe rate themselves as a genuine contender and of course so do points so that mm. six doesn't fit into five rob so games like this which hurt your percentage are massive yeah well if i was doing on the power rankings i'd have them six right now point um so yeah that sort of puts it where it's at doesn't it so um i think yeah the crocs uh like they have had their question marks as well this year obviously round one was a disappointing result uh by the crocs and then they weren't overly convincing against the tiwi bombers but last week was a massive step in the right direction they had five players who had over 25 disposals so bo schwartz continued his really good form with 26 touches matt dennis had 27 jake mcqueen's been excellent he had 28 and then the players we mentioned before jed anderson and matt johnston um both had 30 possessions on the weekend as well stanley waistcoat came in and he's a young player potential draft prospect uh, Tennant Creek I believe and yep. he kicked five goals and looked really really classy um, on the weekend I thought Jared Brander played maybe his best game or one of his better games in the Crocs colours um, I think he might have got concussed in round one so had a bit of a shaky start there a bit of an unfortunate start but he's looking pretty good now Brander um, the captain Dean Staunton is just playing his role every week Matthew Mazzini is a player we don't mention probably as much as we could but he's a really good defensive player as well so the Crocs are in a really good spot over at Pints, obviously, look, is it that, you know, is it the daytime curse, Rob? Did that, did oh, yeah. that strike again? I, 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 is it? Like, it's got to be more than that, though. It's got to be more than that. It's quite concerning. Um, 109 points. That's their biggest loss in history. Yep. Um, They're highly competitive last year as well. And looking at their team list from last week, the team list doesn't look too bad. Mm. So definitely probably doesn't warrant that scoreline. Well, I'll, as you said, they went in favour. Yeah, and kicking four goals for a game of footy in men's footy when you're playing 100 minutes of footy, mm. that's not great. 37 scoring shots to eight. Was pretty one-sided. The yep. inside fifties looked just as lopsided. Well done to Nakaya Cockatoo, who returned fourteen disposals and a couple of goals. That would have been a big kick for him, playing alongside his brother. Um, so great work by the Crocs. Sort of not much more, you know. The old, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all about Pints. Really, when it comes to their performance last weekend, so they'll need to regroup and reload against St Mary's, and we'll talk about that game soon. Let's move on, shall we? St Mary's defeated Wanderers last weekend too. Um, got the job done pretty easily, which is sort of what you said on the show. Uh, the final score was 18-21, 129 to 8-3-51. So, again, comprehensive in the scoring shots there and the inside 50 numbers and all that stuff. Jackson Calder, the star with seven goals. He has a good record against Wanderers. He regularly takes Wanderers apart. Joel Garner really is a good inclusion. Um, Ex-Port Adelaide player and has played some big games in local footy this year, as well as at VFL level with Footscray, I believe. So they're just going okay at the moment, St Mary's. They're winning the games um, that they need to win. And, and as always, as they do every year, they put themselves in a really good position after round. 
five, round four. Yeah, I think they're going more than just okay, I reckon. Um, if I was, you know, if I had to put my life on the line, I'd probably have them as premiership favourites right now, just from what I'm seeing. Um, I do think it's a quite an e even competition, though. Yes, Raph? Just uh, one that I think they like popped up that I'd... Uh, Young Bo Tedcastle, I've heard he's found himself um, playing across half-back or down-back. Is, is that um, Definitely true? further up the field. Yeah, yeah. so that's, that's good to see. And um, I think he, he sort of heard that when he was playing at the, uh, down at VFL with Richmond. I think they sort of tried him down-back a bit. And it's actually good to see that he's put his hand up to move around and mm. not to sit in the forward line and wait for it to come to him because he's got talent to burn and he, he's quite fit and can, can run all day. So... Hopefully he continues that and plays probably on a wing and a half-back. I'd like to see that. Yeah, 100%. Um, it'd be disrespectful to say St Mary's are carrying players. I certainly don't think they're carrying players. But I think their bottom sort of handful of players aren't as good as Districts and Waratah. I so think you're saying if I get a kick this weekend, I'm I might be a chance. chance right. It's like you're in a half-back. <laughs> yeah, I think, I, think, oh, that's, I think that's correct. But I don't think I'd over analyse it to the point. I think Saints play are very much like a role player sort of roles. Your, your bottom end players don't need to do a whole lot. When you've got the top end players that they've got, I think that sort of carries it, carries it a bit as well. But yeah, I think Bo's been playing wing. I haven't sort of seen him at half back. I'm still a little bit of the belief that at the moment, until you know, blokes like Glover and uh, the guys they've Garner and the ones they've brought in, I still think they're a bit of a two-man team, three-man team. I think you stop Lant and Calder and you're pretty much done. Or stop one of Lanton Paredes, only one of them. Stop one of them, and then stop Calder, and you'll go a long way to winning at this stage. But look, what's the point of being negative on St Mary's? They are arguably the best team in the competition at the moment, alongside you know a handful of teams at the moment. They've won by 78 points on the weekend. Um, Calder is looking ripe for another Dennis Dunn trophy. Uh, Paredes 28 touches, one goal, four. Dylan Lant 33 touches, two goal, four. So it really could have been worse for Wanderers had those two players had the radar straightened. As you mentioned before, Ralph, Ted Castle's having a very good season. Um, 17 possessions, just doing his role. Glover and Garner both had good games. Seth Harris, the young fella from uh, Frankston Way, he had a really good game as well. So he had the Rising Star nomination a few weeks before that. They're looking pretty good, St Mary's. It's good to see they're playing some kids as well. There's five players in uh, the side name tonight that I've coached in premierships at uh, junior level at the footy club. So that's good to see. Yep. No, it's yeah, good nice. to... Young Betty Brown. Uh, Benny Brown. Benny back. Brown's back. That's yep. awesome to see. Yeah, definitely. On to Nightcliff and Tiwi. Is there much to report there, Clarky? Were you surprised by the result? Uh, I thought they'd be a little more competitive, the Tiwi Bombers. So Nightcliff, 18-12-120, defeated Tiwi 7-12-54. Um, I think, yeah, we probably need to pay a bit more respect for the Tigers. Like, they're getting the job done. They've got a dangerous forward line. Brett Kennedy and Michael Mummery have both been strung up forward. Their midfield rotation's looking good. They sort of had a different flying group this week than what they did the previous week. Uh, I didn't see Tardrew's name mentioned and um, Cooper Darms and players like that that played the previous week, those state league boys they introduced. Um, but, oh, sorry, Darms did play. My bad. That was a really good observation of me. Um, but, yeah, I think the Tigers are up there at the moment. Like, if, if, if they were to put their hand up and say, hey, we're not getting as much love as some of these other teams are, but, you know, our, our win-loss record stacks up there, I think they'd be fair enough. They sort of have to be tested against some better teams coming up soon, um, but they're getting the job done. They, had, they looked good on the weekend against the Bombers. Um, we can talk about Tiwi. I suppose they everything was positive coming from the Bombers camp in the last sort of six or seven weeks, and that might have been the first little hurdle that they'll have to overcome. So what was your take on that one? Yeah, I, was, I thought Tiwi were a slight chance. I mean, we Same. both said that, like we were contemplating tipping them. Um, so I guess 
Yeah, I, I thought they'd probably have more sort of Victorian sort of recruits up here living yeah. um, than what they've got. But at the same time, you do want to play some locals. But I think it needs to be a bit more of a balance there. Mm. Um, so I was, and I don't, and we did flag last week about Brody Philo about some, some like doing something with him, and it seems like that sort of fell through. Yeah, um, Philo had thirty six. But in another upside, um, Petros, my boy, Politis, was at the gym yesterday with him, yarning with him, and he's happy with his um, midfield minutes. And, and he's reflecting that 24 disposals, seven inside 50s, and two goals. That's a pretty good game. And hopefully he can continue to get those midfield minutes. But um, Tiwi, yeah, it was an interesting one, but they get a bit of a chance to rectify it against Buffaloes. They do. Uh, I thought Ovens and Murray Gunn, Riley Bias showed a bit for the Bombers and Brendan Cantillo is having an excellent season. I think he'd have to be leading the club's best and fairest at this stage. Well, top end 10 chance. That just about wraps up round four. We are going to go to, yeah, Waratah did have to buy, which was, didn't come at the best time for Waratah really, which we can discuss a little bit later, but not the most opportune time for the buy, Waratah. Plenty more to come. We are going to discuss everything that's going on in the Women's Premier League, and it has been a dramatic opening to the season in the Women's Premier League. Um, and then, of course, we have all the next week's games, sorry, this weekend's games, NTFL Round 5, and we're hoping to still be joined by Shannon Rusker, Southern District Premiership coach Shannon Rusker, that is. Stay with us, SEN, Fridays in the Top End. Live on SEN Top End, 16, 11am. This is Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark, Raf Clark and Rob Hale. For Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. Live on SEN Top End, 16.11am. This is Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark, Raf Clark and Rob Hale. For Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. Welcome back to SEN's Fridays in the Top End in the studio with Robbie Hale and Raf Clark. My name is Jacko. Look, it's been an interesting start to the NTFL Women's Premier League competition. The big chatter during the week, I suppose, involved the state of the Wanderers Football Club. So they have suffered back-to-back 40-goal losses over the past two weeks. A fortnight ago against Nightcliff, the Eagles were defeated 40-goal 16, 256-0. And then last week, St Mary's won 40-goal 12, 252-0-0. Um, the Eagles were 172 points down at half-time last Sunday with the last half shortened. So, could have been worse, really. I don't know what the record score is in women's football Australia-wide, but I, think, I thought it was in danger last week and it probably would have been if that game wasn't shortened. Um, certainly not about making fun of the predicament that the team is in. You know, congratulations and well done to the players, coaches and volunteers that continue fielding a team each week. Maybe they're enjoying the camaraderie and the social benefits to playing and, and you know, they might say, hey, we don't need your concern and all that sort of stuff. But it doesn't look great when you have a Premier League competition and one that's a really good standard attracting AFL-level players. Like Daniel Ponta's going to play in this competition later in the year and you've got one team that basically is 300 points worse than, than the top teams. Yeah, I'll, give, um, I'll just give a bit of a briefing as well just so Raf's up to date. Um, you know, there's also there's been chatter, Raf, that there's clubs that have 120 women signed up. So if those clubs should give Wanderers a couple of players, and that's deemed, and I think that's a bit, that's something we can discuss. Um, timing and shorter game on the weekend. So, like, I think the Saints women finished at 15, 16-minute mark. So they didn't actually get a full game. 
people wouldn't know that that weren't at the Oval and hasn't been mentioned. So St. Mary's probably lost another 30 or 40 points of percentage that they could have got because what happened there is, is the timing for all the goals because it's play on mm. uh, time on that takes minutes. So there was going to push the men's game back too yeah. long because of the broadcast. And, that yeah, because be. of the broadcast, yeah. right? Oh, so and then you also got the other factors talking about the mercy rule there is actually three divisions of women's football there's actually i think there's 12 teams in total um and then your facebook comments um on your post jacko that's um there's some interesting ones there i mean i don't we don't want to name anyone or do anything like that but um, well we can i mean we don't have to name them but we can talk about it it's not like it's a secret these weren't private messages these are public okay yeah exactly um I think any aspect of thinking it's good or it's all good over there, is, it, it can't be. I just mm. don't see it. Um, you've got three divisions. You can't have a women's Premier League side. When we're trying to fight for this equality with men's and women's football, there's got to be an expectation, mm. um, bottom line for mine. Um, Mercy rule, I just don't... I'm not a fan of that. No, I'm when not you've a got fan three of the divisions, Mercy rule at, that's, pr- at Premier League level. Yep, and now it's to the point where the women are having... St. Mary's women had less time last, not last week. Mm. And then the comments about gloating or celebrating, why wouldn't you? I'm yeah. just, it's, I just, that amused me. Like, you're playing Premier League football, guys. Mm. You should celebrate your big wins. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't think there's any, like, oh, let's put the forward line players in the back line and stuff like that. Like, if, if Emma Stark had kicked 10 goals to half time, let her kick 20. You know, it's, um, mm. it's, it's senior football. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Does something does it have to change? Like, what are the negatives to it? Clearly, it's, it sounds like an obvious discussion between us two, but for those who are listening um, who may not sort of, you know, care too much, like, is there what's the negative? If they're, if they're happy playing and the coaches are going to rock up every week and the volunteers are going to rock up every week, you know, just, what, what, what's, what's wrong with them going out there and losing by 40 goals? Just doesn't look great. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting one, and uh, it was something I was surprised to see. Um, but, yeah, then, then again, like, you know, what do you bring in? What do you, how do you help? But, yeah, you know, if there's women that are in playing in lower divisions that, you know, think they're good for Premier League, um, you know, whether, you know, you can change mid-season or, you know, mm. ask players to come and join you. And, but if they don't want to go and play for you, then that's, you know, clearly their decision. Um, you don't want to force people to have to go and help a team. Um, I wouldn't even think that I don't think that option. appeals there. Like, yeah, I don't exactly. think it's like, so, you know, um, you might get someone leaving, say, a Palmerston, or, yeah. you know, sorry, someone leaving a Waratah to play Premier League footy at Palmerston in the yeah. men's Premier League, but I can't see anyone leaving that's, say, a part of that Pints, you know, Division 2 team going to Wanderers just yeah, for Premier League just opportunity. to play Premier League opportunities. So, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's a difficult um, one to talk about, I guess. But um, no, you know, I remember when I started playing senior footy um, and Wanderers men were going through the, sort of a similar situation. I remember running out um, and watching the Wanderers reserves run off and then we were doing our warm-up and about six of their players mm-hmm. had to run back out and, and play. So, you know, it's tough times come and go um, for a lot of teams. And um, yeah. well, The Buffaloes yeah. were there too. Yeah, but that's again. the thing. And um, But, yeah, hopefully it's, um, you know, it's only for this, or hopefully it's not the whole season, and, and they start, you know, they've got a camaraderie, they're turning up every week, they're going to play, um, you know, and keep turning up, so, you know, some some, some luck's going to come, um, I think you're going to get better and stronger, and um, so hopefully, they, whether they win a game or they can reduce the scores, um, that's probably going to be the big positive and, and you know, something for Wanderers to, yeah. to look forward to. My, my only issue with that, and that was brought up on the Facebook stuff, is that even myself coming from a junior coaching background, some people just aren't up to it. So, like, if you're going to go and play all these... Like, you're going to play players and say, it's a development phase, 
there's probably 10 players that probably wouldn't be, no matter, you could get Craig McRae in to coach. Mm. I think they sacked the coach last week. But if you get Craig McRae in to coach, I can guarantee you the results won't change too much. No. There's... There's definitely levels of talent. Um, yeah, that probably goes into all divisions and all grades as well, doesn't it? It's not, it's not just you know. Well, they've lost a lot of good players, yeah, so and they've lost a, got a lot of good players as well, unfortunately. Um, lost a couple to Saints, haven't they? I think they've lost some to Saints. Some lost of one juniors, to Buffs. Yeah. Do you um, think is there an issue with players? Like, do we still have that same? Hey, it's it's Premier League footy. It's serious footy when it comes to recruiting in the off season. Like, is it is it fair game if you're a club like say not winning the Premiership? If you're a club like you know St Mary's, they need a couple of good players just just to to beat pints. Say, are they allowed to go and raid Wanderers? Not saying they have done that, but hypothetically speaking, can clubs go raid the carcasses of some of these teams that are struggling at the moment? Yeah, well, I think it's... Um, like, is that against the spirit of the game or is it senior footy? You can always ask someone a question when you see him down the street. So, uh, what are you doing for footy this year? Do you, do you want to come and have a kick with us? Like, we're, we're going to be putting together a pretty good side. We'll probably see a spot for you. I, I don't see anything wrong against that. But if you're going and, you know, really hunting people, that's probably where you go, hey, hang on a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. If no, it's definitely not what you want to see to some level but you can't really how do you stop it when there's no point system or anything that like that where you can't take say more than five from the one team or something well, I think they have that rule yeah and I think well, that yeah, the, the point system yeah. would be, definitely be something that can help that out um, whether that has to be a system that's brought into the women's um, it's probably a, another whole chat again down down the line um, that could we be have something that happens next year yeah as soon as next year because considering um, yeah considering what's been happening I just think it's a chance because it looks like, um, I, I, like I said, I haven't seen the, the footy this year, and um, it looks like there's probably two or three powerhouse teams in the women mm. comp, and the rest are sort of be, probably even or fall away pretty quickly. Well, there's a, a big golf. There's that? a big golf between the best teams and the worst teams. Yeah. Like Wanderers aren't the only team getting smacked. I think yep. Tiwi are struggling a little bit, and districts are struggling a bit, aren't they, at the moment? So, um, yeah, it's just a bit of an up and down yeah. comp, a bit topsy turvy. But it's still going to be hot at the top. Like it's going to be really, really competitive for that flag. It's going to be a good comp. The final's going to be great. Um, but we're going to see some smacking throughout the year. I just, yeah, and no, I don't think like um, what's the beeping sound? Yeah, I just I don't think it's going to happen. The league aren't going to go and you know distribute, change up the way the structure is now. No, yeah. they're exactly not going right. to. Yeah, so I don't think that's going to happen. And um, yeah, 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 it's awesome to see. So like the men's competition has become so competitive and so even. So hopefully, you know, in the in the years to come, or even next mm. year straight away, or even the second half of this comp for the women's it, um, starts to become a bit more, bit yep. more even, which is hard to see. But you know, that's what we want to see, and we want to see everyone being competitive every week and putting your best. You got to put your best team out, obviously. But if you're not up to it, like you said, Rob, then you know that's that's something you got to work on and, and build. Can I just do one for example? Because I've just done some research. So two 2012, you know, Buffaloes did have a year, a bad year. They didn't win any games in the men's prem. So last round 18, they lost 240 to 39. And in that list, there's only two or three players that played that day for Buffs that Playing were now. successful. No, nah, were successful in that 2015 year that played. Oh, 2017 year? Yeah. No, 17 year. So if you're going to be saying, I just think if you're going to be saying players that, you know, developing, I think just the list isn't there. Yeah, I agree. I think that it's not... 
I think that's just the, not cop-out, but the easy thing to say when your team's getting smacked, to say, oh, it's a development year, or we're playing younger players, where realistically you might be playing players that will never be up to it. Um, I think the big changes, so Wanderers, the biggest changes that will come for teams like that and the biggest changes that came for Buffaloes 10 years ago and allowed them to start becoming yep. more competitive will happen off the field. So um, appointing key personnel in coaching positions and appointing key personnel you know, off the club or, or even recruiting players and things like that, that's going to help drive Wanderers back up the ladder. I think so. Plenty more Women's Premier League stuff, though, before we go to a break. Emma Stark kicked 10 goals last weekend in that big win for St. Mary's. Last year, the talented teenager became the youngest ever elite AFL umpire when she did an AFLW game. I think it was Essendon Hawthorne from memory, but she's kicked 19 goals in three games, so starting really, really well. Well done to Cassie Henderson from Pint, who played her 150th NTFL Women's Premier League game last weekend. She has been a champion of the NTFL since starting with Nycliffe, now a two-time premiership captain with the Queen Ants. And an interesting result last Friday night with the Buffets defeating Palmerston by 30 points. I believe a tip you didn't quite get, so maybe an upset. You know more about the Women's Premier League competition than I do. But, of course, the Buffets were heavily bolstered by some key players like... 36-year-old Courtney Wakefield, who has recently retired from the AFLW, and she was a star at that level, two-time Richmond leading goal kicker and All-Australian selection. So she kicked seven goals, seven out of nine, mind you, so a very dominant performance there. Western Bulldogs VFLW player India Barker has been really, really good for the Buffs. Uh, Steph Williams, straight off an AFLW list as well, has been really good. Lucy Lewis, Molly Althouse, and Bianca Stokes had strong games last weekend. Marika Carlton continues to impress for Carlton. Sorry, for Carlton. Carlton. <laughs> Marika Carlton, mate, she would impress for Carlton. Chuck her in there now, I reckon. She kicked all four of Palmerston's goals last That's weekend, impressive. and she's just doing it all, really. It's going to be... She's going to be a fun player to watch until she gets picked up in the AFLW, which is just about a certainty, in my opinion. Yeah. And a big shout-out to, to Dom Carbone, a Buffett's player who has worked really, really hard and got an AFLW opportunity again last weekend at her new club, the Bulldogs. So well done to Dom Carbone putting in the work there. Plenty more to come here uh, at SEN Fridays in the top end. We're going to talk about all of this weekend's NTFL action, hopefully joined by Shannon Rusker soon, and then everything else. We might even get a bit of an insight into Raf Clark's USA trip, so let's see how that goes. Stay with us at Fridays in the top end. Welcome back to SEN Fridays in the top end. We are talking about the NTFL action last weekend, and... It's a big, big round last weekend, but I reckon this weekend's even better. So, Pint and St. Mary's start the show tonight at DXC Arena. Look, that is their fortress, the Green Ants. Mm. So, if there ever a chance, it's going to be at this ground, but Saints are a big, big task. I'd say so, yeah. Um, Pints really need to get back in the winner's circle because once you start losing a couple of games and dropping these ones, you lose touch with the top three. Got to be top three anyway to challenge, I believe. Um, but I am tipping Saints in this one. I think they'll have too much. It'll be interesting to see if Pints do a run with with Delant or Nate Paredes or do something like that. And well, obviously, who does that job? Yeah, um, I'm not too sure. Um, and then uh, and then just just to see what happens also with the Jackson Calder matchup. And if Saints do anything mm. with Stephen Motlop be interesting. Yeah, well, there's some high-quality players playing for both teams here. It's hard mm. to say, you know, oh, Saints will get the job done for sure. Um, Pints, obviously, play really good football. They play better football at night, as silly as it sounds, and they're at the DXC Arena, which they have a good record. They won this corresponding game last year, didn't they? Yeah, uh, that's their first win. Yeah, yep. so obviously a great rivalry building between these two teams. You've got all the there's only one green and gold banter that goes on <laughs> in social media. Um, but I think the big one is about Pints, and they win or lose. Like, they don't even 
have to win. But win or lose, the club must perform better than they did last week. Um, Ethan Penrith has been named for the Green Ants, and that's a strong inclusion. But that would have to be the message from Shannon Motlop, just about getting back on the getting back on the horse and, and playing for some... Not playing for pride like it's, you know, about salvaging something because they're well into this season. But mm. um, just, just playing better than they did last week. Yeah, definitely. And it's... Um it's also these home games for clubs are very important. So obviously, Pint supporters get down there, and you got the women's game at six. That's the top of the table clash. That's a really hard game to yeah. tip, as well. So and big Matt Ryan has been in um, pretty good form. I think he was well held last week, mm. perhaps by Mazzini, um, after his SEN top end ten. So if he's going to fight for that SEN top end ten yeah, spot to be maintained, he's got to work for it here. So <laughs> yeah. it's the pressure. That's the main thing for Matty um, that he's got to worry about. But yeah, I'm, I'm tipping Saints in this one. Raph, who's your tip? We'll get straight uh, into the I'll just go off um, last week's results, I guess. Um, mm. Yeah, Pint's obviously got a big uh, big improvement to go, so I'll, I'll lean towards Saints, not just because I'm part of that one green and gold thingy. Um, but, yeah, and, um, and the women's one is going to be a tough one. Um, yeah, I think that will go right down to the wire, so that, that could be a flick of the coin, I guess. So I probably won't even put my hand... I'll just have to lean towards St. Mary's because I'm a Saints man. <laughs> yeah, I've got Saints in the women's as well. Yeah, I don't really know about the women to have an accurate prediction but I'll go I'll go pint there because I'm going to go St Mary's in the men's Premier League so I think Saints get the job done tonight uh, Darwin Buffaloes versus Tiwi Bombers tomorrow that's yep. that typical 2pm Saturday TIO Stadium that really hot game I'm feeling hot just thinking about that one Prime Train Tom Bolch is back for the Darwin Buffaloes this weekend um He's not bringing a mate that he was originally going to bring. He's on the back burner at the moment. Um, but Bolchi has been playing the 2023 season for Wangaratta Rovers in the Ovens and Murray competition. Same old Bolchi, always doing his vlogs, copping a lot of criticism online. Sort of didn't have like the greatest season for Wangaratta Rovers, but it was a bit unfair. So he had a six-week patch where he was averaging over 20 touches and two goals a game, yet people were still criticising him and yelling out, hey, get a kick, prime train, where 20 and two is not a bad effort in anyone's book. So hmm. prime gets back. He's played pretty good football in the NTFL uh, whenever he's been up here. So that's good inclusion for the Buffaloes. Ball Magnet and Baxter Mensch returns for the bus. He's averaging 35.5 disposals a game. And Matt Campbell, the ex-AFL player, are among the other inclusions for the club. Tiwi also have some strong inclusions. So former Geelong and Carlton midfielder Darcy Lang has been named. Lang played 64 AFL games and has since produced excellent football in the Geelong Football League for Colac, I believe. I think he's doing a bit of coaching there, or he was doing some coaching there this year. Ex-Richmond rookie Gibson Turner returns to the Tiwi Bombers lineup. He spent the 2023 season with Sandville Club North Adelaide, playing 10 games in the reserves and one in the seniors. And then you've got Bombers legend Ross Tungatalam, who whenever you see Tungatalam listed on the team sheet, you get excited. And he's another one that's been named against the Buffs on Saturday. Yep, highly impressed with um, Buffalo so far this year. This is another one. They need these four points. Bank them early. Early wins is always great. Also, Buffs are playing some young kids. Um, Bradley Gunnabar and William Munkara is coming in for his debut for the for Buffaloes. I think he's played Premier League for Tiwi before. Yep. Johnny Orsto is a kid that I've commentated in the 18s. I, know, I reckon he's got a little bit of talent. And Tyrese Roman is you know, um, a league medalist Rob, as well. watch out for a kid named Phoenix Joe Poole, who is not far away uh, at making his debut for the Darwin Buffaloes. Come across from Nycliffe. I think he played about five, six, seven Premier League games for them last year and starting their under-18s final series. So Phoenix Joe Poole, one to watch as well. 
Yep, definitely. I'm going Buffaloes in this one. Um, five. Yeah, well, yeah, I can't really say too much, but um, yeah, Link, go just going by last week's results. But you know, I'd love to see Tiwi being a competitive and, and pushing mm. Buffaloes right to the right to the end, even to the last quarter. And if that's a possibility, then that's um, a big step in the right direction for the Tiwi Bombers. And hopefully, Rocco um, gives us a couple of flashback highlights and yeah. kicks a couple hopefully of running goals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I don't think you can underrate. The Tiwi Bombers, they'll be up and about. They're a momentum team, so if they can start well, who knows with the Bombers. But um, hopefully from a Buffs perspective, wearing my Buffs hat, we can sort of snuff that out early and get the job done again with, you know, the big fellows like Daniel Stafford and Hassan. Some big bodies, yeah. Forward. yeah so big midfielders coming in. <laughs> hopefully the Buffs can play the game on their terms and get the job done, but only one way to find out, so tune into that one. Waratah take on Wanderers tomorrow. They... What's your take on... We'll talk about that one, or we can just talk... Yeah, no, we'll talk about that one. Wanderers take on Waratah at TIO Stadium um, in the fourth game of the round. How's that one going to go? I mean, it's sort of... You know, we can't build up... Like, there's a lot to play for for Waratah. They're sitting six, but that doesn't reflect where they are on the... Um, well, no, where are they sitting? Yeah, they're sitting six. So they're one win, two losses, and a bye. Um, but that doesn't reflect sort of where they are. I still think they are one of the teams to beat this year. I still think on paper they're as good as anybody in this competition. So probably a, they'll be looking for a, a statement tomorrow, a big win, sort of how Saints did it, something like that. Yeah, I, I think the next three weeks is um, they're going to be able to get back in their form. So I agree with you. I've probably got them second or third at the moment just because you can't be number one in the power rankings and sit in six. Mm. We did flag that last week, that they had the potential to drop to six with a cup, with a mm. win-loss of a couple of clubs, and that happened. Yeah. Um, but they do have Wanderers, Tiwi, and Palmy coming up. So, and it's, it's ran into a couple of Waratah boys, and they said that they have got a favourable draw coming up to build some confidence. And, um, and a couple of the boys did mention that they actually think they do play it t- better at TIO as well. So... Obviously, the Tiwi game's a danger game because they are playing over on the islands. But to get out at TIO 1, they do look like they've got a weaker side in this week. But I don't think that'll matter. Um, the leaders will carry them through. Yeah, yeah. I'll, lean, I'll lean towards Waratahs um, going by you know, previous results. And um, Wanderers, um, hopefully they bounce a bit, bit back from last week's loss. But yeah, mm. Waratahs are a strong side on paper and they're ready to go, I think. I don't, yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think Tars will win by as much as people think. I think Wanderers' side looks better than last week as well. Yep. So I'd probably go Wanderers, uh, Waratahs by five goals or so. Yeah, Wanderers are competitive, no doubt about that. Um, but, yeah, I think it's going to be too much of a task. And I think Waratahs will get the job done quite easily. Stay with us here at SEN Fridays in the Top End. Live on SEN Top End, 16.11am. This is Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark, Raf Clark and Rob Hale. For Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. Live on SEN Top End, 16.11am. This is Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark, Raf Clark and Rob Hale. For Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. Welcome back to SEN Fridays in the Top End, recording live here from Brinken. We are hoping to be joined by Southern District Premiership coach Shannon Rusker. Shannon, do we have you this morning? Yeah, good morning, Jacko. How are you? Good morning, mate. You are joined by myself, Raf Clark, and Robbie Hale in the studio here. Obviously, it's been a bit of a interesting start to the season for the Crocs. I had that 88-point uh, loss in round one, but in the last couple of weeks, have really started to hit your straps and looking irresistible last weekend against Pint with a 109-point win. So what's your take on how your team has started the season? Yeah, firstly, good morning, lads. How are you, Raf? How are you? Robbie? Yeah, good morning, brother. Yeah, good, good, brother. 
good. Yeah, we've um, we've had a, a slow start to the season and a bit of an up and down uh, performance as we've been able to put in on the park, which probably isn't you know typically a Southern District start to the season. But we've have a, a whole entire new group. We've got a lot of juniors playing, plus we've got some uh, new relocatables that have moved to Darwin. So it's just finding that perfect mould and perfect balance and finding and knowing each other's um, techniques and the way the style that they play individually. Yeah, exactly right. Hey, you mentioned some of those junior players, so you do have an impressive group of locals, and I think that's been the underrated aspect of Southern Districts over the past decade and under your time as coach. So everyone highlights all the recruits, and, and perhaps my social media page plays a big blame of that, but the local players have also played a strong role over the last decade at the club, and one player that's really stepping up from being a good player to potentially a really, really good player is Bo Schwartz this season. Can you tell us a little bit about Bo's form, what you know his approach to football, and, and how, how he's been this season? Bo's always been a super highly talented junior through the club. Um, played some wonderful football. He's uh, he's getting to an age now where he's you know his best games and his worst games have sort of um, plateaued out. So he's very consistent in what he does and how he applies it on the footy field. So Bo's um, obviously played down at Sturt for the last couple of years and at Glenunga Footy Club. And I think that um, contested football has really gave another string to his bow. So coming back into to, to Darwin, he's been able to play that inside game and not just the outside flair and skills that he has and that um, awareness that he possesses. So he's actually gone away and improved his game and, and it's great to have him back and playing, you know, down football and just learning new roles and you never stop learning in this game. Mm, exactly right. And I'm not going to ask you about the whole list, Shannon, but Stanley Waistcoat caught my eye last weekend. A very talented kid, finished with five goals. Can you talk about his game last weekend and where his potential lies as a footballer? Stanley is a, a great young fellow, very bubbly. The kid uh, hails from Tenor Creek. He's been away playing at South Fremantle in the under-18s, and he's come back to Darwin and, again, plying his trade. But he's played. Um, he has to come through the twos and prove his worth, and he's done that you know, emphatically. He's you know, showed some really, really classy moments in the twos, and we, we thought, well, this kid that really does have something, and I shouldn't say kid, this young man has something special, mm. so... Let's throw him in against you know the better sides and see. It's either um, you know we help him through the process, and I thought he you know he held himself to account very well. He was very clean. He was very good overhead, and you know he read the ball in flight you know very well, and he overhead grabs, which which are impressive signs for the young man. I think his uh, his journey can be a great one, you know, as long as he he loves the the football caper that comes with it and the hard work. I'm sure he could go up to higher levels. Yeah, I definitely vouch for that, Shannon. Obviously, playing against him, uh, coached against him, sorry, in round two. And geez, he was—I you know, think he might have kicked three, five, or something. He was everywhere, and even halfway through the third quarter, I had to send the runner out and tell Sean Wilson to go stand on him because he was just getting so much of the footy. Um, obviously, in the off-season, you guys—what um, have you guys addressed also from the grand final? Um, you did dominate inside 50, I think about 15 in the granny. Um, and also, I've seen you that went and got, you have got Dave Barnard now part of the football club and how that come about? A couple of questions yeah, there. Uh, yeah, that, that is, we, we went looking for, you know, a, a coach, you know, I can't coach forever and that's just, that's the life. And we looked at player, our coaches that, you know, we thought were ready to coach a football club and, you know, Dave Barnard always hangs around the football club. He's always, you know, he lives out in the rural area. He's done a wonderful job at Nycliffe and, and I thought, well, why not just throw out the, the bait and see if I could you know, tease him in. And obviously we had a few chats in the off-season and he relished the opportunity and the go-forward plan that Southern Districts are looking forward to. And uh, you know, we, we welcomed him with open arms. He's very knowledgeable, very statistically and database-focused. And 
you know, we're just you know, moulding Dave into you know a coach that in in the making. So it was very good for the group. He it, he works well with the group and you know, builds a lot of relationships. As being a school teacher, he's coached a lot of the junior kids, so it's a, a very nice fit for us having Dave at the footy club. Um, you know, and and the part with Stanley Waistcoat again, you know, he was just sensational playing against Banks, and that sort of caught our eye. So we thought, you know, we've got to give this kid a go sooner rather than later. Yeah, awesome, mate. Shannon, Rafi, your brother. Um, mate, it must put a smile on your face to see, um, you know, your juniors come back that have made it made it to the big time. Um, you know, having the Kai come back and just, you know, it just draws your other junior players in and makes them, you know, want to come and ask questions, I guess. And, um, you know, I, I bloody, I pressed your smiling from ear to ear when you've heard he not you don't want to see players finishing up in the big time but you know you, you obviously get him back and you get to set the standard and show show the juniors you know he, he can have a chat to him and, and whatnot how does that make you feel mate having one of your best juniors back in the club yeah it's, it's a great feeling as you know you've, you've been there and done that brother um you know you come back to saints and the kids always look up to you and it's always good to come back and give that opportunity and then impart your knowledge of what you've been able to achieve at a higher level and, and impart that on the younger kids and it makes their their learnings go you know vertically very quickly and it's not a slow progression and they also feel safe around the footy those younger boys you know when they've got a big bodied player like Nakaya or the players that can see the game and slow the game down and help them through the processes and it's not always about getting the footy it's about how you can help and coach them out on the footy field and Nakaya done that so wonderful on the weekend just helping and marshalling the troops around and while having a smile on his face was awesome to see, but you know, his family is a big part of the football club, and we all know how great his father was. But it's great having yep. two brothers, you know, play together, and young Jaggers coming through the system. And it was just awesome to see him come back to the club and just see a smile on his face. Um, yeah, we know the pressures it. of AFL footy, and we understand that you know they're they're free when they play up and down. They're not under the microscope. Yeah, then have a smile on his face again. That's awesome, mate. Thanks for that. Exactly, Laura. Hey, Shannon, last question for me, and it's probably the toughest question um, of the morning so far, but I was laying in bed last night thinking about it, actually, and you <laughs> are a premiership coach, so you've, you've reached the pinnacle here in the top-end game, but you've also coached some really good teams on paper, say last year, for example, that have fallen just short. So I'm wondering, in your opinion, what the difference between coaching a premiership team is and watching what the difference between coaching a team that's very good but only just thereabouts. What, what's that extra 1% or 2%, the difference between a premiership team and a team that's around about that third, fourth, second sort of mark? Harmony is everything. I think having you can have a great individual team, but if you've got um, a cohesive harmony group you know, that are playing with just lots of vibrant fun and um, you know, just caring for each other, I think that's the main ingredient. You can have all the structures in the world um, you know that helps you in the you know in the moments where you're under pressure. But if you care for each other and you've got that harmony amongst the group, I think that's the key ingredient. And you know we've had some really dynamic teams over the over the you know past probably six seven years, but not always has it you know transpired into a cup. But I think you know last season we fell short, but you know that probably wasn't the strongest group, but they were probably the best group I've coached in terms of harmony and and cohesion. I thought that you know they really bought into that you know that happy environment space and again it's probably the way that you coach and you change over time it's the you know the stick or the honey and i think they're really adapting to the honey side of, of the coaching style hmm. now 100 percent. it seems to be that new age style there shannon <laughs> but thanks very much for joining us this morning Thank what you, no shannon. doubt is a busy <laughs> schedule um i think you and your team are going to play a big big role in this ntfl season so thanks very much shannon no worries thanks brothers take care Cheers. Stay with us. SEN Fridays in the top end.
Live on SEN Top End, 16.11am. This is Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark, Raph Clark and Rob Hale. For Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. Live on SEN Top End, 16.11am. This is Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark, Raph Clark and Rob Hale. For Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. SEN Fridays in the Top End. We do not have long. Well, you guys have a little bit longer. I have to go and get slimed. So um, we're going to go through the Women's Premier League tips really, really quick. Pint versus St. Mary's tonight in the women's. Yep, I'm going for... Oh, I'm going for Saints, Saints at the moment, but this could change. Yeah, Saints. I'll go Pint. Um, but yeah, I think it's a Saints are a big, big chance here. I'm going to go Buffs to beat Kiwi. Yeah, Buffs. Buffs. Uh, I'm going to go Palmerston to beat Districts. Yep, Palmerston, yep. And obviously Tars get beaten Wanderers. What's the margin this week? Tamanguru. Yeah, two, over 220. Two, two, yeah, two, two, yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh, plenty more to come <laughs> here at SEN Fridays in the Top End. Live on SEN Top End, 16.11am. Welcome to Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark and Raf Clark and Rob Hale for Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. Welcome back to SEN Fridays in the Top End. You've got Raf and Robbie here. Clark is taken off. Next, we've got Craig Drive from Get Set Bet. Download the Get Set Bet app today. Craig, have we got you there, mate? I'm here, guys. How are we? Yeah, okay. very good. Very good. Uh, massive, obviously, spring carnivals kicking off, um, and we're in the middle of it all now. We've got a couple of big races this weekend. Yeah, it's massive. It's, it's traditionally the best race day of the year, and I don't think this year's any exception. Um, you know, nine group races from... The Flemington uh, track, and then uh, of course you've got the ten million dollar race, the Golden Eagle in Sydney. Golden Eagle, yeah. Yep, definitely. Uh, what sort of tips have you got for us at the moment for the uh, Derby Day? Yeah, look, the, the Derby, the Derby this year looks a bit thin. I've got to say, um, you know, Riff Rocket, Rocket's the favourite. You know, Chris Waller uh, again. Uh, we've got it a two dollar thirty favourite. Um, Apulia. Uh, which is the Will and J.D. Hayes run as the second pick at $4, and then Verdad, the third pick at seven fifty. It really drops away after that. Uh, always a trick in the derby, the one that, that stays the 2500 as a young horse. Uh, look, Riff Rocket was a bit disappointing last start, but you'd have to say clearly the best horse in the race. $2.30 at the moment. Uh, looked a reasonable price given the race, uh, as I say, is a little bit thin behind it. Um, but, yeah, look, if you like one at um, Flemington tomorrow, you're going to get plenty of value. Big fields, uh, wide open racing. Uh, you're probably only bad to back a couple of winners to, to finish in front. Yeah, definitely. And uh, for the Coolmore Stud Stakes, what are you liking there? I'm, I'm not uh, minding Step Party. Been on that a few times for a few of those wins. Yeah, he's been very, very good. And certainly he's the, he's the local Victorian uh, where you've got a couple, you know, Shinzo and Cylinder and the like uh, coming down from Sydney. Uh, look, Cylinder's a favourite at $4.60. Shinzo, the slipper winner, been a little bit disappointing, but it really wouldn't surprise me uh, in turning the tables here. Uh, at a $6 chance again, Chris Waller, and he's set for another massive day. 
Um, yeah, King's Gambit, the third pick, was very good last time at $8.50. And if he, if he brings that form again, he'd be very hard to beat. Uh, but yeah, definitely Stapati. It's the, it's the, the local Melbourne hope. Um, but when I was talking about value before, you know, it's a $13 chance in that race. So, um, yeah, if you like it, you know, a little bit each way, yeah, I don't think you're going to go far wrong. No, definitely. Um, and obviously over across the pond, uh, across the road there at Sydney, they've gone and uh, got the Golden Eagle, so the $10 million race there. So what are you liking in the Golden Eagle? Yeah, $10 million. It's incredible, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, and restricted for four-year-olds. Uh, look, really interesting this morning. Amelia's Jewel is now the favourite. We had a second favourite up until about half an hour ago uh, ahead of Hawaii 5.0, but the money's come for Amelia's Jewel. Uh, still a $4 favourite with Hawaii 5.0, $4.20. It's a really interesting race. A lot of different form lines. Hawaii 5.0 uh, coming out of a really good run in the Everest. And Amelia's Jewel, of course, um, had been flying before last start down in Melbourne. Um, but, you know, we've got horses coming over, like Legato coming over from New Zealand. Uh, and the Japanese horse, uh, which I'll leave to you guys to pronounce, um, it's, um, you know, it's a Group 2 and a Group 3 winner in Japan. It's won three of its only five starts. It's a, it's a serious racehorse, uh, and it's not here for a holiday. So, you know, getting 10 or $11 about it, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it just blows them away. Yeah, that's number 12, isn't it? It's got good first-up form as well, going two from two first up. Oh, my. Yeah, I'll have a go. <laughs> there we go. Thanks, Greg, for that insight, and uh, we'll speak next week. Have a good day. Thanks, Craig. Want to be treated like a very important punter? Get set bet.com.au. What are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelp.online.org.au. Uh, Raf, so I think we've got a couple more minutes here before a break, mate. Um, obviously a big derby day there. Um, just a bit about America, mate. What, how did that trip come about? <laughs> Yeah, just t- touching base quickly on Derby Day. I, I actually, one of the things I miss about living in Melbourne is having those opportunities to get down to these um, Derby Day and this this time of year in Melbourne. It's um, yeah, it's a, it's a good place to be in Melbourne. It's a mm-hmm. nice nice weather. You're not freezing and. You know, all the t- entertainment starting with the horse racing and, and my little brother down there at the moment um, on a, a, his fiery course as a mentor and he's um, sent a few photos from the member stand the last few weeks. So I'm a bit, bit jealous even though I've been spending a few weeks in America. So he's probably jealous of me. But yeah, mate, it's um, <laughs> pretty lucky. I um, It's a it's a trip we planned for over the last 12 months and um, it was more of a sporting tour. Um, we, we tried to fit in as many games as we could. So Have you been think- before? Yeah, I'd been before, but they were more for um, more of a party end of season. Um, go straight to Vegas and um, <laughs> have a bit, let the hair down, mate, after a big footy season. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it was um, yeah the, what we got to see. We uh, watched the San Francisco um, 49ers play against uh, the Raiders. I'm pretty sure. So I've seen. I think I watched three NFL games. I watched an NBA game. The Bucks versus um, the 76ers. So that was awesome to see the, the Greek freak um, and Dame, his new teammate, Dame Lillard, over there in Milwaukee against the big um, Embiid. Um, that went down to the wire and it went down to the last um, couple of seconds when I think the Dame um, stepped back and shot a couple of threes and got them got them over the line. So, you know, getting to see any of those sports um, in, in live and real real time is amazing. And, um, you know, just the... the, the the atmosphere and the, the entertainment um, around every game. Um, I went and watched two ice hockey games. You know, I never watched ice hockey before in my life, and 
I think that's my new favourite sport, mate, because it just seems to be non-stop, and um, yeah, they just go go go, and and you know, and I wonder why they only play three, three, um, three terms, not four quarters. Um, so. Yeah, they 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 only play about a couple of maybe no more than a minute or so at, at a time. The players and they just come on and off, on and off, and that was amazing yeah. to see. You know, to see a standard and, and professional level um, of every other sport. Uh, was lucky enough to watch the Rangers play at home. Um, unfortunately, they lost that night, but I think they're I think they might be three one up in the in the World Series at the moment. So if they get home in the next, I think it's either today or tomorrow. Um, if they win one more game, they win the World Series. So I get to say I've seen the World Series champs play um, in the knockout series of the of the um, playoffs. So, yeah, I uh, can't complain, mate. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Um, um, little known fact, the old man actually lived in Canada for a few couple of years as a kid, um, my old man. And, yeah, he played. He actually played ice hockey as a sport. So little known fact, and he um, he loved it as well. So What happened to all his fitness? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's going back a fair there. bit. Yeah, yeah going back a fair bit. <laughs> anyway, guys, we'll cut to a break there. And on the, uh, on the return, they've got Andrew O'Toole from NT Thoroughbred Racing. Stay tuned and listening to SEN Fridays in the Top End. Live on SEN Top End, 16.11am. This is Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark, Raph Clark and Rob Hale for Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. Live on SEN Top End, 16.11am. This is Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark, Raph Clark and Rob Hale for Rain and Horn Darwin. Finding a place to write your next chapter. G'day and welcome back to SEN Fridays in the Top End. We've got our one of our favourites, Andrew O'Toole here from Thoroughbred Racing NT. Tops in the Top End. Andrew, we got you there, mate. Certainly have, uh, boys. How are we this morning? Good, thanks. Yeah, good, good. We've um, gone through the uh, Melbourne and Sydney race card just before we get set bets. Uh, but we've got some racing in Alice Springs tomorrow. Yeah, we have. It's their annual Derby Day fixture there in, in the Red Centre. In years gone by, uh, both Darwin and Alice used to race uh, on the same day on Melbourne Cup Day, but it got too hard with uh, lack of jockeys and that sort of thing. So in recent times, uh, Alice has raced on Derby Day and uh, Darwin, of course, will go around on uh, Melbourne Cup Day Tuesday. No worries. And um, what sort of bets are you liking at the moment um, in Alice Springs? Yeah, you can see three that I like there tomorrow. Um, probably a day, uh, just a, a word of caution for the punters, probably a day to watch mainly. I've recently had done some track renovations done on their track, so it'll probably be not 100% of its best tomorrow. But that said, um, there's always winners on the card to be found. And I think uh, in race one, number two, Celine uh, is a big chance. Ray Viney's stable going really well lately. This horse has had a couple of runs this campaign and hasn't been far away, just Philpot ride. So in race one, number two... We go to race two, and I think number two here is the way to go. Red Wraith looking for three in a row. It's, it's bolted in its last two by quite um, significant margins. Paul Garden is having a really good run with his team, and Sonia Logan travels from uh, from Darwin to Alice Springs to take them out. So race two, number two, Red Wraith. And if we flick across then to race four, guys, uh, another one from the Viney camp, number one rock of kryptonite in race four. Uh, good run first up in this campaign for third. Uh, and that was in a stronger field than this. Back in grade, should take plenty of beating. So race four, number one, Rock of Kryptonite. Rock of Kryptonite, nice. No worries. Um, and uh, also, Andrew, just thinking Darwin, the, the Darwin race card for uh, Melbourne Cup Day, what time's uh, opening there? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they open the gates on Melbourne Cup Day here pretty early because, of course, the racing in Victoria on Melbourne Cup Day starts pretty early. 
Uh, yep. So I'm pretty certain the gates are open at about 10 o'clock here on Tuesday, guys. The fields for the local meeting are uh, drawn this morning, uh, so they'll be out about 10 o'clock this morning. Looks like a really, really good card in store for uh, for next uh, Tuesday here. Uh, six races on the cards. I think the first race is about uh, 1.50. We're just waiting for those times to come through from Sky Channel. But of course, the Melbourne Cup's at 1.30 our time, which is, of course, 3 o'clock in Melbourne. And normally the Darwin uh, races start just after Melbourne Cup, so maybe about 20 minutes after. So about 10 to 2. So looking forward to a really big day here on uh, Tuesday, guys. No worries. No worries. Thanks, Andrew, mate, and have a good one. Thanks very much, guys. Have a good weekend. Andrew O'Toole there, guys, from NT Thoroughbred Racing, the red centre of racing in Alice Springs this Saturday. If you're listening, get down there if you're down in the red centre. Um, so, Raf, just catching up on some footy news. Just looking at the uh, men's Premier League ladder, I think there's a little bit to discuss there. Um, Nycliffe were a side that we weren't too sure about where that where that um, kick off this year. A whole new array of players, new coaching staff, and Buffalo's a bit more the same um, same sort of cattle, but had a bit of an easier draw. But it did get that win against Pints, where I don't think many would have tipped them. So it's just an interesting one. I'm just. You got the top three from last year. St. Mary's are currently third. Southern Districts are fourth. And Waratahs are sixth. I don't expect those guys to be around that level for much longer. Um, have you ever had a season where, you know, the Saints boys started quite slowly? Yeah, I think um, there's been a couple. Um, where, oh, not since I've been back, but maybe when I was a young fellow. I think that, that couple of years when I played under your old man, um, mm. you know, we had a pretty good squad together and we probably took us to about round three or round four to really gel and, and, and to start to really get the results on the ground. Yeah. Um, so, you know, where the Waratahs and um, districts are going through that situation, you know, they probably might have thought that the other teams they might have played were going to be a bit easier because they had good years last year. Um, you know, some teams can maybe think too far ahead and maybe get a bit comfortable with, you know, having a good season last year, whether that's been the case or not. But definitely a surprise when I got back here and seen the results and the, and the ladder um, on Wednesday night, um, had a quick glance over everything. And, um, yeah, I did, like like you said, we didn't expect Nycliffe or Darn Buffaloes to be sitting one and two um, when we selected our, um, you know, pre-season uh, ladder and um, our, our rankings and uh, we all definitely had Waratahs and, and districts sitting one and two um, so yeah but I th then again you know the last few games coming towards Christmas um, you know up here it's a big thing to get as many wins as you can but in before Christmas so you're sitting pretty nice come the start of January so I think Waratahs and districts um, are going to hit their straps in the next few weeks and Look, look out to the rest of the comp, I think. Yeah, I, I'm pretty confident in saying I think Waratahs probably go four zip, and then um, I think they beat Buffs in that fourth game, I reckon, um, depending on who they have. No doubt Ryanairs will be loading up for that one. Um, and then the week after, they verse Nycliffe, so that'll be a very interesting um, few, few games there yeah. for them, but I reckon they're going to get some real confidence, and the two losses they've had this year, Raph, have both been under a kick. Yeah, definitely. So they're, they're still looking like the, the ones to beat, I reckon, in districts as well. So, um, But, yeah, it's good to see. You know, I'm very, very happy to see my boys. I, I want to keep talking about I'm a St. Mary's man. Everyone knows that. But, you know, um, I wasn't sure how they're going to go this year. And they didn't seem to have too many recruits coming into preseason. But to see them sitting third um, and looking pretty good. Um, yeah, the, the good thing is that when you don't have the many stars, that, that you get those blokes out of thereabouts. They got to you know all stand up and all make sure you're playing a hundred percent team effort. Um, and sometimes that you know gets you the best results instead of relying on your three or four good good players. So 
hopefully that holds St Mary's in good stead for the rest of the, the, the remaining games before Christmas. Yeah, definitely. Um, I do. I do think Saints. I did have Saints around that three to five mark, I reckon, on my start of the season. But now I've got them in that one to three mark. Now I do. I mean, you've got to be very. Uh, you know, you've got to be something about you if you're going to tip districts and Waratahs that drop off. I think they're going to be right in the ballpark as well. And and also it's a long season. It's a 24-week season from round one to um, grand final day. So you don't want to be peaking too early, but I think these clubs are going to come home with wet sails, um, and that's especially Waratahs and Southern Districts. And Saints have won a few games that um, they should have, and then also losing that one against Nycliffe, which they shouldn't have lost anyway. So there's been a couple of little murmurs around there, and I'm very interested as well. We'll have to see how Pints bounce back tonight. Yeah, definitely. Um, Palmerston Magpies seem to be the one that surprised me, though, with, it, with ha- having a win. They've probably played the, the three of the top teams so far as well, but... Then again, um, you know, we didn't pick Palmerston to be sitting down the bottom uh, when we talk about our early season rankings. Um, hmm. So, but yeah, we'll see. With Like you said, it's a long season. Um, teams are still gelling, probably still got players still coming up to play for them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I haven't, like I said, I can't talk too much and, and rate teams if I haven't seen them. So um, this weekend I'll get out and see a bit of footy and, and yeah. That's for sure. I'll, I'll see, definitely be able to have more to say next weekend. Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess c- touching on the Women's Premier League ladder here, in nine hours' time, we've got the table, top of the table clash. These are the two only undefeated sides in the Women's Premier League. They're actually both eight points out in front. So um, to Nycliffe, who's third on eight points. But these two sides are four zip with massive percentages, St. Mary's versus Pints tonight. So that is going to be a uh, shaper and a potential grand final preview if we're going to uh, count our chickens before the eggs hatch there. Yeah, it's interesting, like, um, you know, and you don't want to keep raving on about or mentioning it, but those percentages are crazy. Yeah, <laughs> um, quite crazy. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe it when I first looked at it this morning, but to be have a 924 percentage, it sort of reminds me of when I played under 14s and under 16s and we had a few undefeated seasons. Um, we had to let the opposition score one point so we can get it, um, a percentage up, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's going back a long, long time. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how the St Mary's women and Pint women go against each other tonight. Um, like you said, they're both four, what eight points out in front, so mm. definitely a bit of a early, early grand final preview, like you're like you're saying, if we're going to count our chickens. Yeah. I think there's a few injury concerns at St Mary's, so um, that might um, lean more towards Pints getting the upper hand, but. I think we've got a couple of um, inclusions as well. So a couple of good girls flying in, I think, for Saints. Yeah, I'm not sure if Misfit is one, so I'm looking forward to seeing her in the St Mary colours. As I, I've mentioned to you and Jacko that I've got a good relationship with the Misfit family. Um, Jason, the father, was a, a um, assistant coach at St Kilda for a couple of seasons, and you know, we, me and Xavier used to pretty much be at his house uh, three or four nights a week for dinner with him and his and his kids and and Jordan. Um, was the oldest daughter at the time. Oh, it's still is the oldest daughter, but yeah. <laughs> when we used to go there, she was only about uh, 12 or 13, so we used to get along really well with his, his kids, and it's awesome to see her in the St. Mary's colours, because I was actually shouted that she was running around in the Waratah colours last year. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, Rounding out that ladder, Nycliffe sitting third with eight points, Palmy and Buffaloes with eight each. Waratah's in sixth um, with four. Waratah's will stream up um, that ladder, I, I predict. Um 
Tiwi Bombers Southern uh, with four and Southern Districts and Wanderers both with zero, um, unable to register a win yet. But Nycliffe women are one to watch as well because they've only lost to St Mary's by I think it was two or three goals and they lost to Pint by under a kick. Um, I thought Palmy were going to be the a mover of a young developing side, but Buffett's got a got a hold of them last week, so. I think Palmy are uh, going to be in that fight with Waratahs for that fourth and fifth spot. But I think Nycliffe will hold in uh, top three there. Yeah, definitely. And just going by some of the names um, you and Jackson mentioned for the Buffalo women last week, I mm. think they're the sleeping giant. Um, if you're going to pick anyone outside of that top four or even in that top five to you know push St. Mary's and Pines... Um, at this stage, I reckon Buffaloes are the, the sleeping giant there. Yeah, so. I, um, I ignorantly left them out last week in my conversations and I paid the price for that because they <laughs> went and smashed, or they went and beat Palmerston. But looking at their side, they were very strong. So they, they're, they're, no, they're, no, um, they're a chance they would have finished third. I'd still give them that in that top three, but you only need to finish top three. That's it. Um, anyway, but what's plans for the weekend, Raf? What are you up to? When are your boys playing? Uh, we've got a Sunday afternoon game, mate. So, um, you know, We'll definitely pop down tonight and watch the both the, the St Mary's um, Premier League top sides. Um, the, if all the St Mary's fans out there listening in, or anyone who's uh, you know, uh, Tiwi's or uh, done family um, related or seeny family, the, the, the mm. annual St Mary's Fishing Day is on on Saturday. So if you want to enter, um, jump on the St Mary's website, have a look and how to enter, um, and then. When you catch, bring your catch back to the, the St Mary's Football Club and measure in your biggest fish and try and win the, the famous um, Sahini Trophy. Um, so there's a full day ahead at St Mary's on the Saturday to, if you uh, love your fishing and, and want to be, a, you know, have a good day out and mix in with the St Mary's crowd. Um, but yeah, I'm just singing that to all the St Mary's, but anyone else that wants to join in and bring your fish along and, and prove that you're a better fisher than all the St Mary's folks, um, we're quite happy to have everyone down at the football club tomorrow and hopefully see a lot of the Terry family members and the Dunn family as well, um, you know. Sini, uh, if those who don't know, Stewie Sini was one of the famous um, St Mary's person and, and also his wife, Kami. Um, so, you know, it's it's a, a, a big anniversary for the family and hopefully we get a lot of them down there at St Mary's Football Club tomorrow, which I'm looking forward to seeing. Yeah, definitely, Raph. Uh, when are your boys playing? We play Sunday, uh, what's it, 2 o'clock, I'm thinking. I should be. I should know the time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm probably going on American time still. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm looking forward to um, actually just being back amongst my team and um, whether I get a kick or not. Um, you know, I've actually picked myself, so if I haven't played a game of footy for a good, well, I don't know what it's been, 15 or 16 weeks, I might have had one uh, one game for the Daily River Boys this year, mid, mid-year. <laughs> so I'm just looking forward to getting back out there and having a, having a run with my boys and enjoying footy again. Yeah, no worries, Yourself, mate. mate. He's a fourth on the ladder, I see here, so get that win to yeah, solidify the top four there. How you? What are you up to, mate? Oh, yeah, you know, I'll coach tomorrow. I might go watch a few um, footy games on the... Uh, during the week. I don't think I would go down tonight, though, but I might go watch the Saints Magoos because, as you know, I'm the Magoos coach. Magoos. So go watch the Saint Magoos and see how they're going, mate. Thanks, everyone, for listening to SEN Fridays in the Top End. Plenty of NTFL coverage done uh, today. Uh, see you next week. Cheers. Cheers.